Welcome to another edition of NRL Bulldogs Fans Podcast. I'm Scott and I'm joined by Matthew like every other week. How are you today, Matthew? I'm good. How are you? Yeah, good, good. Now let's start with what's happening at Belmore like we do every week. Uh, yeah. Will Hapawati makes the Rugby League Players Association Team of the Year. Another oh, another cap to his, uh, fe- uh, feather to his cap to top off a great year. Good stuff. That was quick for me. Uh, Adam Elliott had his birthday during the week on the 16th of October. So ha- a massive happy birthday to Adam Elliott. Yes, happy birthday, sweet Caroline. Yes, I saw that. That was the first reply to that actual tweet. Was a sweet Caroline gift. Yes, I laughed for a while. <laughs> <laughs> I did laugh for a while. I could, I could help myself. But a massive happy birthday to Adam. Uh, also, the membership goes on sale from the 17th. So for the current members to renew. To keep the same seats, you've got to do that by the 17th of November. But uh, it's an exciting time. So most, I would imagine, a lot will have theirs on rollover, but this is the chance to switch your seats or upgrade or do whatever to your membership. And uh, you keep the early bird prices. So make sure you look into that as soon as possible. Yeah, Bankwest as well. So um, take that mm. into consideration. Next year, get into contact with the club, see your options. Yeah, good point, good point. But, uh, very limited, it was more limited uh, reserve seats at Bank West being a smaller venue than at ANZ. But uh, yes, good point. So get in contact with the club as soon as possible. Uh, another good one, uh, another good thing made Belmore, Lynn Anderson wins the Women's Health Australian, Australian Award of Sporting Influence of the Year. So congratulations to Lynn. Our club just keeps kicking goals, Scotty. Sporting uh, players will kick your goals. That's good, that's good. Everything <laughs> lining up perfectly. It, Makes me excited for 2020. <laughs> All right. Benji, Benji Marshall, he actually makes what's happening at Belmore. Can you believe it, Benji? Making it with his lovely quote to his younger brother, Jeremy Marshall King, for making the New Zealand Nine squad. Yeah, what, what a great moment for the, the Marshalls and the Kings. Um, and the Marshall Kings. <laughs> um, All together now. Yeah. Uh, the Marshalls, the Kings, and the Marshall Kings. Uh, no, a great family moment. Uh, both boys in the uh, national setup this year. Yeah, no, I've got the quote here from Benji. This is what Benji said. It sounds funny, but I'm more proud of his achievement in making this than any other things that I've done. He's my little brother and the youngest in the family. I cried more than he did when he made it. It's pretty big. So <laughs> very, very, very proud older brother. Yeah, Benji's not shy about um, about crying um, and being emotional, which is great to see. And yeah, what a moment for, like I said, for the family, uh, Jeremy himself. But uh, yeah, I can relate mm. to Benji saying that stuff. Nice. I think we've talked about uh, Benji a few times. <laughs> have we, but have we spoken about him at what's happening at Belmore? Like he doesn't make nah. it's a career highlight. It should be a career highlight for Benji when he comes <laughs> to retirement and decorating well, career. Well, it's more like what's happening at Leichhardt with uh, the Kiwis being based out there. But anyway. Oh, there you go. Very funny. That's a good one. We might have to, we might have to, should have broken that down for a different uh, segment. And to finish off this, what's happening at Belmore in a very sad way to finish it off. And it's a mixed week. We just spoke about him. Jerry Marshall King, his father did pass away during the week. So it would have been a massive week for him to represent his country. And, uh, very sad news. So, uh, condol- deepest consolences go to Jeremy and family and friends. 
Yeah. Devast- that was very sad Devast- news. Devastating uh, news in a, a week that's otherwise full of uh, pride. Um, but uh, hopefully he can go out there and represent his family and his father this weekend and put in some good performances on the field at Bank West. Um, if that's the end of what's happening at Belmore, how excited are we for the Rugby League World Cup Nines? Well, we're keen. We know we've been saying a while ago on the podcast that we're both attending this yeah. Friday and Saturday with a double pass and reserved seats. We get to check out our new home as well, even <laughs> though we've already done that again. But we get to check it out from a different angle this time. Yeah. Um, yeah. Pretty so, much. Um, I've, I've asked uh, off, off podcast earlier today about uh, another one that's going with us. Uh, what are they excited for? But what are you excited for at the Nine Square? Who are you excited to see? Who am I excited to see? I'm excited to actually see the Pacific Nations, if I, if I can say that. Like, the, together, like, look at the Tongan squad. I think it's outstanding. I think they actually might win it. I mean, they're the smoky in my eyes. I think they might be able to pull an upset. But I'm mm. very excited to, I'm um, in Fiji as well. Excited to see them. I reckon there's going to be some good open football. The conditions, I've just looked at the weather just prior to the podcast. Meant to be sunny for both days. Well, I'm. I, if I had to put money on it, I'm going to go New Zealand to win. Oh, really? I'm going to. Yeah. I mean, it's this, not. It's not a shock. I don't think there's going to be an overall shock if, even if Tonga wins it. It's not going to be. I wouldn't be gobsmacked. I I have a feeling that Australia would be shocked in one of the games and come away with a loss. Don't know if that would be in the group stage, and then or they can go on to win it, or if that is going to be like the quarterfinal, semi-final, uh, something like that. But I have a feeling that someone will knock off Australia. There'll be a bit of a shock. Um, and not many people know this, but the uh, the two previous uh, international nines tournaments in 1996 and 1997, run, both were run by the Super League. The winners of both tournaments were New Zealand. So There you go. So I've gone for a few But, yeah, I'm excited to see Fiji, Tonga. There's, there's a Pacific pool. Of uh, consisting of Cook Island, Samoa, Tonga, and Fiji. That's going to be one heck of a pull. That one. I was going to be exciting. I can't. I just can't wait. The my most I'm most excited for is just open footy. Yeah. Just I've thought the nines was a great way to kick off the tournament. The supposed the season when I was in played in February in New Zealand. Mm-hmm. But I think it might be a good way to also sign off. The, I mean a year of. Football. I mean, but there's the internationals coming up after this, like the actual. Yeah, well, yeah, I don't know. I'm just happy to see it. I mean, it's good weather. It's going to be good weather. It's going to be exciting. It's going to be. Well, it's definitely, it's definitely different, isn't it? The NRL lines is good to kick off the season because you get to see all your clubs back in action and some of the new signings and some young kids. But uh, this is this is going to be a step up, I think. The world's best coming together on neither side. Uh, yeah, this will be a step up, and they're kind of kicking off our international season too with. Uh, Australia having a test match against New Zealand, following it, New Zealand going on to play three test matches, um, including Great Britain Lions to Australia takes on Tonga as well, the Oceania Cup. So, what a start! Yeah. In a specific way, I'm very excited to actually see if we go into more of a Bulldogs related way. Very excited with the New Zealand side ha- having Corey Remus and Jeremy Marshall King. Yeah, that's very excited to see. They, um, I think, actually all of them had a outstanding year and I uh, think if you said maybe I don't know 20, 12 months ago or whatever from now that Jerry Marshall King would be representing his country I, th- I don't think he would believe you so, <laughs> no I don't think so 
So what do you say, Scott? We move this along. And uh, what do we got next? Our top fives. Our top fives, and we've this week we've gone with we kept flowing with the the team, and we've got centers and five eights. Okay, so this week we've got uh, centers and five eights. So um, start with centers, and do you, uh, do you want me to start, or do you want to go? I'll get you to start. You made me start last week, and we'll go from five to one to keep it nice and consistent, eh? Yeah, no worries. Centers first. Okay. So at number five, I've got a player that was great in defence. He's really good on his feet. Um, he's a player I met a couple of times. I actually tripped over him once, and then he missed the game the next day. I've got Willie Tonga. Oh, wow. Was, where did you trip over Willie Tonga from? Where did you trip over him? And uh, My uh, goodness uh, gracious, if we lost that game, I'm going to kill you. <laughs> I actually can't remember what happened in the game. Uh, I think it was early 2000s with that uh, good team between 02 and 04 at the Easter show, posing for a photo, tripped, him, tripped over his ankle. He pulled out uh, the next game with an ankle injury. So, I don't know if it was me or not, but... <laughs> well, great. Even if it wasn't, he might have been like, you know, I'm about 90% chance of playing. Tripped. Oh, no, no chance. <laughs> Who you got at five, Scotty? I've got a, oh, one of... One of, one of my favourites, uh, really big body, more renowned for his defence. But you can find a try line. Played in the good era, Willie Talao. Ah, solid five. player, Willie Talao. Actually, if if we had a top six, he would have been my sixth spot. So oh, okay. we, we, actually so, had, we actually had quite a uh, well, The centre's top five was hard to pick from because we had so much uh, so much quality in the centres over the years. So. I was tossing up. I almost wish we could pick a top ten in centers. <laughs> so there were some really good ones that I was thinking, but I Talao actually started a bit higher than he worked his way down, unfortunately. But yeah, so that's how quality, right. quality is. So let's move on. Who's number four for you? Well, I have a try scoring freak who represented his country. His uh, most famous moment in a Bulldogs jersey. Well, arguably was his five tries against South City. I've gone with Nigel Vangela. I have to agree. He was my number four, Nigel Wagner. What a try scoring machine and a speedster. What a pick up where we got him from the from the Auckland Warriors, what they'll known then the Auckland Warriors. And he came in two thousand and one. Sad to see him go, but he left before a premiership. Well, he <laughs> wish he'd had his time back. Yes, uh formidable player that one. Going into the third position, I've gone back to the eighties. I've got Peter Mortimer. Oh, wow. You, I've gone back to the 80s with my number three, but I haven't. I uh, then I have a different centre for number three. And I have. Uh, what? Sorry. I've got Andrew Farrer, the number three. Andrew Farrer, what a player he was. He's my oh, number two. <laughs> He's your number two. We've, we're killing each other here. We're really <laughs> I've got at number two, I've got Chris Mortimer. Right. Number two. In the there 80s as well, going back a little bit for the... Um, We're the, sticking to the family roots, the Mortimers. <laughs> well, they're Bulldogs. Royalty. Well, Bulldogs royalty, they should have a, a house in Belmore. Like Alrighty. In Belmore. They should own it's time, to, time to unveil the number one centre of all time. And I think we I've might agree on this, Scotty. I don't think there's any doubt. But I think the greatest sense of the Bulldogs have ever had 
was Josh Morris. I agree. I had him at number one as well. What a player. I was very upset. What a all-round centre attack, defence, um, exciting machine and attack. Morris Boots could do almost anything on the field, especially when they first started. But their toughness, their defence, um, that's what gets him the top goal. Oh, yeah. I just, you just look back. I never look back far. Like Some of the tries he scored and just entertainment value is worth. He's worth the omission alone to watch Josh Morris when he's at full flight. Uh, he's All right. Amazing. So, so another position we've agreed on. Let's go to 5-8. We might have yeah. the same number one for this position too, Scotty. I don't um, think you can't have the same number one. I think it's impossible. <laughs> if you don't have the same number one, get out. Number five. I've got Brayton Lester. you got... Brace and Nasser at number five. I mean, yeah. luckily it's not the commentary countdown, so I don't think he'd make that list. <laughs> he wouldn't make the top five commentators, no. Um, he represented his country while playing for us. Uh, he represented New South Wales. Uh, he's part of some very successful teams. Um, and while I... Very uh, grand final. Yep. And while um, I probably never liked him as much as I'd liked uh, other players on this list, Personally, um, he, he did have some really great moments on the ball. Right? Yeah, you can't take away his time at the Bulldogs. Yeah. I mean, it's not our top five favourite personalities. So who's my got number, five? My number five is left field option, and I've gone with Daniel Holdsworth. Daniel Holdsworth, wow. He's a, quite he was a favourite of yours, wasn't he? Yeah, he was a favourite. I loved him at the start. I mean, he did play a bit of lock at the Bulldogs as well as 5A. I just thought I was a bit disappointed that he didn't stick around for a bit longer after leaving in 2009, the Bulldogs, before going to the Super League. But I, I thought he was a very underrated player, and I'm going left field for number five. Okay, that's a big call. He was very underrated. I think he played a little bit of halfback, too. A... Yes, he did. You're 100% right. Yeah, um, uh, he's a player from the, the WA, or state of Western Australia, from their system. Um a few of those, and he was he was quite good. Uh, we got the journey man a little bit, um, but I thought he was quite consistent when he was with us. Yeah, okay, I just enjoyed him. Who have you got number four? I've gone with a Bulldogs legend at number four. Now this guy played most of his career in another position for us. Oh wow! Um, <laughs> yep, <laughs> but he is a legend of our club. I think he's a, he's up there approaching the royalty. Um, and the other position he played was very similar to 5H in his era and the way he played. I've gone with Jim Dimmick. Oh, yes, Jimmy. There's, there's nothing saying that these uh, players can't appear on more than one list. So, <laughs> if you no, I, I, the rule. Play, on my lock list, but he's number four on my 5H. He might, we might have an award of who can make the most list. Like, who can make the most list if they, if they could, because he could be, he's a shoe in, he's definitely the favourite now. I might have to go back and listen to last week's episode. <laughs> yeah. uh, I'm deleting um, my list from there. But no. Yeah. I'll say Brian. Well, I've got number four. I've got your number five at number four. We've got Brayton Nasta. You've listed a lot of the reasons why should we when not doing the commentary one again. But um, I've got him... Oh, I mean, he's just part of successful teams in the early 2000s with us and, like you said, representing the country. But also, I remember meeting him in the 2014 Grand Final. Oh, yes. And I quickly got his attention and he came over for... We spoke for about 10 minutes. Not, um, and when I asked him, being a South junior, going through South before becoming a Bulldog, then so on from after that, 
I spoke to him, I said, you must, it must be tough to pick a team. And he said to me, he actually swore a little bit, but I won't do the full quotes, that he's a bulldog for life. Um, he's so got he the tattoo on his arm. Yeah, he won a comp with the club, and he said, he's got a tattoo on his arm, and he goes, I'll be always going for the bulldog because I make the grand final. That's, That's right. Once a Bulldog, always proud to be a Bulldog. So it made me win me over a little bit with him, and he was very honest, too, with uh, the way he was responsible, too. Well, let's, let's move it along. Number three. Who you yeah. got? He's a Bulldog. I'm going to say he's a Bulldog great. I'm not going to say he's a legend. He's a Bulldog great. He's someone that really encompassed our club as a whole. He was the heart and soul of the club, or of the team for a while. I've gone with Josh... Reynolds. The Grub. Yep. <laughs> oh, yes. Take me back when... Oh, I mean, how many times has... I mean, there's... Well, oh, the how many times really... has he won us a game and on the death? Or just he's on, done the extra on, effort? Just on high and low. And uh, before anyone messages, messages us, this is not top five players' careers who played for the Bulldogs. This is... We're talking about his efforts at the club. So... Yeah, what, what's happened since he's left doesn't matter. He's there at number three. Who you got at number three? Uh, Gary Hughes. So I've gone back oh, at number two. Oh, there we go. <laughs> I got him at number. I got him at number three. Um, but um, we're probably going to touch on him in a second. Assuming he's your number two. Um, the Hughes, another, another name that's Bulldog royalty. The Hughes. Oh, that's right. Uh, but they're around where uh, we really started to become known as the family club. Um, he's quite a player himself. If you haven't seen him play, go back, give him a watch. Um, part of the entertainers and, and all the success from the 80s. Great player. Who's your number two? I've gone the grub at number two. I've just pimped it <laughs> over the top. So we've actually switched three and two around. I yep. love, I mean, like you said, heart and soul. I mean, if you pick the top five Bulldogs nice guys in the history, number two would be number one. Josh Reynolds would definitely be number one in the top nice one. I remember member days and fan days where he would stick back for longer than anyone else would and make sure everyone got a photo with him. So you've touched up on how good he was on the field. I want to touch up on how good he was off the field. But he's number two for his playing ability. All right. Number one of the five eights, best five eights ever played for the Bulldogs. I've, I'm not even going to give an intro because I think everyone that's listening, if you're a Bulldog fan or not, you know which name's coming out. Yeah. And it's Brent Shelton. No, I'm joking. It's no, Terry no. Lamb. Oh, you you got me. He did play 5-8, Brent, for a short stint. <laughs> uh, he's our 10th highest cap player at 5-8, but sure, just to throw that out. Yeah. But no, Terry Lamb by far, I'd have to say. That's no disrespect to the other players on this list. By far, our greatest five-eighths of all time. He's just, I don't know, I mean, the face of the club when he was playing. I mean, he's still now still lots of off the club. Um, what an entertaining meme. I reckon many of people were going to Belmore Sports Ground just purely to watch Terry. <laughs> Not the Bullet play, just to watch Terry play. Well, that's right. Um, so, Scotty, we're, we're four positions down and three positions we're great on. Damn. I mean, <laughs> damn. I mean, next next uh, week will be interesting when we actually want to jump to halfbacks and hawkers next week. That's right. Uh, it'll be interesting to see what list comes out of that one. Um, but if we touch up on the 5 eights for a second, like you said, Brent Sean came 10th. 
Yeah. And 10. That's crazy, British on number 10. Like, we all know that he played the majority of his football at halfback for the Bulldogs. Like, one yeah, of the, we touched on this. We touched on this when we talked about the fullback position and uh, what a surprise it was when we were looking at um, some of the listings and stats and games played and that sort of thing, that how few players have played uh, a substantial amount of games. And the same is done for the five eight. But I think the point to point out here is um, probably just goes to show how many games they actually play these days compared to the past eras and stuff like that. Oh, yeah, it does highlight it, but I don't know, just also, I mean, we've had yeah. Terry Lamb, who sits number one, Josh Reynolds, number two. They're the only two players to crack over 100 games for the club at 5'8". Five eight, at five we'll, eight. Be, we'll be lucky enough to have quite a, quite a large number of halfbacks who have been really, really great, so yeah, so you can't, you can't have it all. But next week, we've got halfback and hooker. Yeah, and hooker, so that's going to be an interesting list, because there's i already starting to think about putting that together already. Well, don't and give anything away. I'm not giving anything away. I'm still... There's a few numbers. I've got a few players in my mind. I don't know where they're going to sit. I might, I might put them on paper, then switch them around a little bit like I did with the centers. But I reckon that one's going to be a hard one because of all the quality for both those positions, especially the top three part. Yeah, I reckon. For sure. But already. But I won't give too much away. But um, that's it's good fun making these lists, isn't it? And then we get to look back down memory lane and... <laughs> That, it is, it is a, it's a lot of fun talking about these players, for sure. It's that time of the show where we look at the rugby league world. We get off of the Bulldogs, but somehow we somehow usually attach it back to the Bulldogs in some way or another. But we look at the greater world of rugby, the rugby league. And we're going to start with the Ryan James, the major sponsor of Gold Coast, pulling the pin or blaming him for the reason they're going to pull the pin on the club. What's the go of that? Yeah, um... Bit disappointing, isn't it? Uh, it was one of two reasons that they that they gave for um, wanting to pull out the sponsorship. Um, they said it was what was it disrespectful and embarrassing or something like that. I might have got those words wrong, but um, it was along those lines. That's that's terrible, isn't it? That's absolutely terrible. Um, I think the other reason was they blamed the on-field performance, but uh, it seems like a cop out, doesn't it? Yeah, well, first of all, what's actually embarrassing is their reaction to Ryan James. He's made a he made a mistake in front of eighty three thousand people at ANZ team on Grand Final day. Um, reading like, that's not what he's known for um, doing talks like that. He's a football player, and they've got him to do it. He made a mistake. We all have made mistakes and bad times, but to call that the reason and on field performance, you would have known. Like, look at the Titans. If they made the, like the finals, that would have been the biggest story of the um, finals if they actually scraped in there at all with that mm. squad. It's, to me, uh, it's giving me a bad taste of... Is it TFH or THF? I can't remember. I don't, I don't know. I forgot them. If, if they're no longer a sponsor, I don't give them any time, so I don't know what they're called. Yeah, um, well, I'm no longer going there for any needs or wants because that's just left me a bad taste. <laughs> I think they've, they've probably peed off a few people with this. Um, I have heard... Well, let's talk about the reaction first on social media. Most of the reaction about that was sympathy from the fans that uh, for Ryan James. That he, he had that bit of a gaffe. Um, but look, anyone that's willing to do public speaking, it's not an easy thing to do, especially in front of, what was it, 83,000 people close to? Um, yeah. And then millions of people watching at home around Australia and millions watching overseas as well. So 
Good on Ryan. 100, 120 countries they take it. So if you could, like, if anyone's going to have a crack at him, I challenge them to do a better job. Yeah, oh, good on for Ryan to actually doing it. Yeah, pretty cool sure. to actually have a player doing that. But good on him for putting his hand up. But yeah, that's. Well, the other bit of news out of this is that I read today that the Gold Coast Titans, and I actually suggested this on my, I think my personal Twitter account, but the Gold Coast Titans are looking to, uh, their legal team, they're looking to force the sponsor to honour the deal. So, give it, yeah. Good work by the Titans. Uh, it might work out for the best for the Titans, because, uh, if that sponsor really doesn't want to be around the Titans anymore, they might have to pay out the contract in full. So the Titans and might get a cash injection plus sign a new sponsor. Yeah, and they <laughs> might make it a little bit easier too with that massive cash injection. They might be able to make it a tad easier to sign another major sponsor. Maybe it's slightly less. Or gives another a brand a, a chance of a major sponsor with a bit of less money. Or could be less. Well, that's actually well, a good point. It's actually a good opportunity for a, a big company out there or a medium-sized company out there that wants to uh, get their name out a little bit more. Taking over from these TFH guys um, would give your company a lot of goodwill. If you yeah. do it. Anyway. And you probably get a better deal on it too if they do get the payout. Possibly, but I think the Titans wouldn't want to cheapen their... Uh, don't want to cheapen New Jersey. Yeah, it could be something, maybe what the what the, the times were currently getting might have been just a little bit out of reach, and then you might be able to lower it a, a bit. And times have got the massive injection, you might be able to, they might be able to do that for a year or two or something. I don't know. Might make All it right. a bit more possible for a business to jump on the, jump on and get some good news out of it. Uh, Nelson Osopisola Motors next, is he? Yes, he's next on the list. Um, and then the news broke. Early in the week, it was. It feels like a while ago now. That um, it looked like when the news first broke, it looked like Nelson's just randomly started bashing the crap out of people. But the more the story breaks, the more you actually understand that he's actually probably not in the wrong. Maybe you could maybe argue that he might have went a little bit over the top. But I don't know. When when I was listening to the news break, was it Monday night when the news was breaking in, in Bali? I'm not 100 percent sure. It was a couple of nights ago. Yeah. A couple of nights ago, that it looked like when it was breaking, the the uh, the mole and the other things were saying this is going to be a massive scandal, and it turns out it's not massive. No, he's standing up for his mates, uh, making sure that, well, trying to make sure that they're safe. Um, it's, a, it's a really crappy situation, isn't it? Uh, apparently, he broke down in tears after uh, after coming down, realizing what what had just happened and what what was going to happen afterwards. Um, and apologised to the, the owner of the bar or the club or whatever it was multiple times. Uh, might have been over the top, but yeah. if, you, if you're going to... The reports are that Villavala was kicked hit by another patron. If you're going to go around and keep hitting people, you get what, what comes to you, in my mind. So, yeah, so uh, my, yeah, my opinion on the matter, when it, like, when it first broke, I was like, oh, goodness gracious, it's only been a week. So it was like a week after the grand final, and we got this massive scandal of football player punching people in Bali. But the first thing broke. I actually hope my view. I'm happy for him to escape punishment from everything. Maybe well, a small smack on the wrist in the sense of maybe did you really have to go to that extreme because he did go off. But I suppose when you see your if you see one of your mates king hit, you don't know. I mean, you're gonna react. You're not going not to react, and that's just on the normal thing. 
Yeah. Uh, so I just can't punish someone who would, I'd probably try to attempt to do the same without the, as much success. Here's, here's one for discussion for you. The integrity unit, who's, which is the NRL integrity unit, are looking into this and doing a report. Um, they, it's been reported that they might be recommending a free game suspension through this. Seeming that this investigation is happening by, let's say, the Australian Domestic Rugby League Federation, and his next game is for New Zealand. Could we possibly be in a situation where the NRL give a free game ban, then the NZRL look at the integrity units report, disagree, and go ahead and play him anyway? Well, I they do. I just, I mean, that's, I mean, I would, if I was in, ahead of him, I wouldn't be giving him a ban at all. So if I'm the New Zealand thing, I'd be pushing him to play. If he's well, the best, which he is the best. I'm not, talking about, I'm not talking about if he gets banned or what this sort of stuff, uh, or should he get banned or shouldn't he get banned. I'm saying that if the NRA integrity even say this, they're just the domestic federation for the sport in Australia. The NRL, the domestic federation for sport in New Zealand, um, they're on the same level. New Zealand doesn't have to take orders from Australia. So unless if the ban is actually coming from the, the newly named IRL, which we'll talk about later... Uh, mm. Which is the International Rugby League Federation. If they're, um, if that, if it's not them who are banning him, they don't have every right for him to play. Yeah, no, I hope they actually. I mean, I'm not said if I would be, I would be happy if I was in charge of the NZRL. I'd be more than happy to have Nelson run out in New Zealand colours. As he's the, one of the premier props as well. So I mean, he definitely would make it if he doesn't have a ban over his head. So I'd be pushing for him to play. I wouldn't have any issue of him playing for New Zealand. Yeah. The only thing that could, that could interfere with this potential scenario of mine here is that um, I know the RFL and the, the ARLC have an agreement that if you're suspended in one tournament, you can't go play in the other. The suspension up, is upheld across tournaments, across countries. Maybe there's a similar agreement with the NZRL, which might stop him. But anyway, that's uh, enough of the bad news. Well, we'll stay with, uh, well, you say it's not bad, but maybe others would disagree. The NRL Grand Final staying put in Sydney until 2046. <laughs> How's that bad news? <laughs> I mean, other people might disagree with the, the rebuild of, or the redevelopment of ANZ Stadium and Allianz being out of action leaves pretty much only two venues, well, realistically only one venue, who can hold it, which is the SCG. Um, some people said they should give it to Brisbane. I'm happy that it's staying put. And I've got a few different reasons why I'm happy it's staying put. Yeah, well, we've got to um, pay respect to our traditions as a sport. And the grand final has always been played in Sydney. Um, and that's where it should be played. It's also the biggest city in Australia. <laughs> so why wouldn't you want your grand final played in the biggest city in Australia? You don't want to lose our tradition. It's great that we're going back to the SCG for uh, historical reasons. Um, like all those great grand finals played across multiple decades at the at the SCG. We're going back there. How good's that? It's a bit of a retro grand final feel. Um, and what about the bloody investment that's come into the game? Well, that's um, what you've got. What six point seven million dollars in compensation because of the stadiums being down and the the original agreement between the NRL and the state government uh, didn't go the way it was supposed to at the beginning. So um, 
And then they've also got a $10 million injection of money for the uh, 2021 Grand Final Stage in South Wales. So, mm. for me, it's a win-win from the NRL. And about time, the NRL are you know, really negotiating a hard bargain with uh, with the New South Wales government. It's a fair event, but yeah, a few reasons. Get what we're worth. Yeah, exactly. A few reasons why I think you. I mean, like, just, like you said, the tradition was probably the major reason. It's been yeah. here since day one. I've got, to, in my opinion, stay here until it's finished, and it hopefully it never finishes. But just saying it like that. Number two, I mean, the the investment that New South government's putting in to it from both point of views of vet, for stadiums that are being built or getting built or being redeveloped. Yeah. To like Bank, including Bank West into this. Bank West was built for primarily the uh, Western Sydney sport, but Parramatta Eels in particular. That they put in investment, fixing up ANZ, redeveloping ANZ. They're getting a new uh, Sydney football stadium. Um, they're putting a lot of money into the game, and a lot of it's being pushed by the NRL. So I think, in respect to that, that New South Wales should have kept it. Plus, like you said, the money was came with it. Yeah. It's win, win, win. Like, I mean, I was at the SCG for the... I've been at the SCG a few times this season. And uh, a lot of people say it's the worst ground to watch football at. I've been in different positions every time I've gone to the SCG. My favourite position is the Don Bradman stand, watching it. Love it from yep. the height. But I've also went there. I sat actually in GA for the Roosters Storm prelim final. And I saw... I was watching it. I thought it was fine. I enjoyed the seats. I thought what it was worth. I thought it was worth, worth it sitting there. I've never gone to the SCG and, and had a bad viewing of rugby league. Um, in saying that, I've never sat on the bottom tier of of the big sta- of the big stands, and I've never sat in the members or the ladies stand. So I don't, I can't talk for those positions. I've always been up on the the higher levels, and uh, the view is is great. Um, yeah, I'll take that back. I'll take that back. I'm not going to say it's great, but um, it's it's solid. It's it's I'd still call it world class. Yeah, I've sat in the lower bowl for that Rooster Storm behind the actual goalpost. So it's general admission. Yeah, but I think all this complaining is just a, uh, probably getting a bit deep here, but uh, we'll just touch on it quickly. It's the social media impact on society at the moment has just developed a, a whole culture across the Western Western world of just reacting straight away to news and. Everything's bitching, a bitching and whinging, to be honest. Yeah. I'm, I'm almost over it. Um, oh, almost. I've got there for a while. It feels like everything has to be an issue when it's not. I'm actually happy to sit the SCG. I'm so much so that I actually very much considering buying tickets no matter who makes the grand final. There you go. Yeah. I've just been looking at some of the people's responses to uh, to different things that are posted, uh, even on our accounts. And it's uh, same people, same negative mindset all the all the time. So um, be happy, support the the good things, the little things. Well, it's temporary. Get over it, and uh, let's make this game as big as and successful as we can. Let's mm. not pull the back over little things that we that really don't matter in the end. But what would I know? That's that's right done. We've got one more on the list that you want to speak about today in the rugby league world before we finish, we wrap up the show. Yeah. Um, so if you haven't seen it, uh, this week was announced by the the old Rugby League International Federation, 
bit of a mouthful, isn't it? It's got a rugby league, oh, it international federation. It's not as easy to say as FIFA or World Rugby or UEFA or or all the other international sports. They've decided, and I think it's long overdue, for a rebrand. Uh, and they've, they've changed the name, and uh, obviously. <laughs> they've changed the name to the International Rugby League, and the acronym for that is IRL. Uh, very simple, happened. very easy. At first, I didn't know. I wasn't uh, 100% on board when I first heard that, because I was like, wow, I like the acronym, the IRL. Uh, I, I, I had some concerns over how would two people talk about the IRL organization and International Rugby League separately. It could get a little bit confusing. Uh, but I actually had a bit of a bit of a, a, revelation, a revelation about it yesterday. And I thought to myself, well, we don't have the same, we don't have that problem with the NRL. When we talk about the NRL's decisions or the NRL as a competition, um, mm. no, one, no one's confused when you say, oh, it's a good game with NRL or did you see what happened in the NRL or can the, the NRL can't run anything <laughs> like a lot of people say, well, the NRL's corrupt or like that. We know that they're talking if, uh, by the way they talk, whether they're talking about the game or the actual organisation. So I've changed my opinion on that. I think it will work the same way. Uh, they've done a new logo, which can be used in multiple different ways depending on space. It's very simple, but it's bold. I like it. Uh, they've incorporated uh, chevrons into the uh, design, which is an uh, iconic rugby league uh, unique symbol in, in the world sports. Um, and uh, I think they're, they're slowly announcing different things. So they've, they've, got the, they've got the regular international calendar now with things like Oceanic Cups, uh, Great Britain Tours, World Cups, Nines World Cups. Uh, so it, it looks like we're finally getting our house in order from the uh, international side of things. And uh, they're going to push it and brand it in a new way that's bold and confident. Yeah, which is good because if you look at rugby league and the the, the thing, like especially in the Australian point of view, you know, the, it's almost like origins. Well, origins for a lot of people is considered higher. So I mean, if it's anything to promoting the international game, making that the top level, we've got three tiers of competition in which we're lucky to have. We're the only sport sports. That that. Yeah, we're the only sport that has a club, uh, domestic, and a international. And I feel like international at the moment is probably, I mean, it's getting stronger by the year, but it's still probably one of the weaker. Clubs when your origin sells out, the clubs you, you know what the club level's like, and then international is getting stronger and stronger, and we're getting to see more of it, which is good. Yeah, fairly big. The only thing I'll, I'll fix you up on that, Scotty, is just real quick. Uh, we're the only sport in the world that has those three levels that yeah. are successful. Yeah, yeah so, sorry, you've yeah. raised that. Like many of sorry, many sports have those three levels. Yeah, but they're either, they're, there's a lot of focus on either the international game, like rugby union, and not so much domestically. Yeah, or, no, um, right. they don't have the state level. Uh, soccer is quite good internationally, but not in Australia. They don't have like state representative on a like professional level sort of thing. But rugby league has professional, domestic game, uh, state representative, and uh, international game. Um, couple of a uh, couple of people have had some uh, issues with the name change. 
of course, talking about uh, <laughs> social media and the pitfalls. Um, a couple of the concerns is uh, some of these are, I don't know if they're ignorant or stupid, but let's I'll go for a couple. Uh, won't we get confused between the International Rugby League and the Irish Rugby League? No, we won't, because the organisation in Ireland for Rugby League is Rugby League Ireland, the RLI, not the IRL. And Italy Rugby League is Federation of Italian Rugby League, uh, so the yeah. FIRL, or FIRL, <laughs> if you like. Um, apparently, over the course of the next couple of months, we might see rebranding for things like the, Europe, the Rugby League European Federation. So I'd imagine that might turn into European Rugby League. Pretty simple, but, but good. Uh, as a rebranding in, the, in line for the Asia-Pacific Rugby League as well. I don't know what they're thinking about for that, but it's all about having everyone coming in line, uh, all looking like similar and being instantly recognisable as Rugby League. Uh, oh, and the other complaint is... IRL stands for in real life. Um, does that still get used anymore? I didn't even know that was a thing. Like, in real life was old when I was in high school. So, anyway, <laughs> uh, I, I don't know. So, you're but, saying um, about 45 then? We'll keep that a secret. I, I don't know. Um, that's just the way oh, it is. Oh, is your child 45? <laughs> um... <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. Did you want to add anything more about this or ask a question about this? Or No, I think you've summed it up. I think you've owned that part of the segment. And um, <laughs> I think, again, we've touched on social media being a negative place. But why don't we set the challenge out to set some positivity, especially about our wonderful game and also our wonderful club. Mm-hmm. Well, for oh. the next week or so before we, um, yeah, before we just come on again. Just just dawned on me one more point of the IRL that I like. It's actually uh, comes in line with the NRL, and the NRL is the biggest rugby league brand in the world. Yeah, yeah. The, the NRL, the IRL being more similar connected, that, that's a good thing for rugby league in my opinion. Well, it's, it's the biggest, it's the biggest comp, yeah, biggest well, brand. Right. Like the, the NRL is the NFL of rugby league, and if we can use the NRL as leverage to make the game more successful internationally. Uh, the other thing this does, and I know we're, we're closing off then, but the other thing that it does is um, there's certain parts of the world that are having uh, other sporting codes getting in the way of development of rugby league. So having this brand change in those areas, uh, the hope is that this will help resolve some of those issues. Alrighty, Scotty, we're off to the Rugby League Lions World Cup uh, tomorrow and Saturday. We've got nine Bulldogs players out there. Yeah, a lot to look, yeah there's a lot there, and especially... Uh, have you, is that including Sione Katoa? Yeah, I, I, think that's, I, I think that's what the what I read. I mean, that's quick claim. I'm pretty sure his contract expires in November, but we'll take him. I think all three Katoas have been named in the Togger Lions. Well, that's the only Katoa times two plus uh, Tui Katoa. I love that. Times two. I love it. It's like they're the same person times. No, it's funny. All right, real quick. Let's finish off the episode with, um, if you're happy to, with the player, the Bulldog player that you're looking forward to seeing the most over the next two days. 
I'm I'm going to go with Corey Harianaya. I think the Nines is made for him. Uh, he's got speed, power, and a good offload. So he's got, I think, all the like a good mix of all the skills. I'm going to go Jeremy Marshall King. Why? I reckon this this experience, uh, I reckon, is going to put him up to another level when he returns to preseason oh, and next season. You're thinking long term. I'm thinking just watching on the weekend. <laughs> uh, well, I reckon he'll. Because of his performances over the next couple of days, that will elevate him long-term as well. So that's what I'm excited to see. There you go. Long-term thing, I'm just happy to have a good weekend. <laughs> All right. So um, to close up the show like we normally do, we'll just, um, if you have anything to say, especially about our top fives, are we right, are we wrong, uh, let us know by tweeting us at NRL underscore Bulldogs fans. Or if you want to uh, whinge well, about uh, my rant. <laughs> yeah, if you want to whinge or anything. Sorry, it's at NRL Bulldogs fans is our Twitter. I apologise. NRL Bulldogs fans, give us a tweet. Um, we're also on Instagram, if you haven't known, but we, I think we announce this every week. Uh, give us a, what did you say? Give us an Insta? Is that a word? <laughs> Insta, Drop, yeah. Give us an Insta. Give us a post. Give us a direct message on it as well. And that's at NRL Bulldogs underscore fans. Uh, so the Instagram your... page, how are we going with that? What are we up to with, with followers on that now? 144, we're heading up to 150. That's not bad. Only launched a couple of weeks ago, so it, it yeah, towards the off-season. So. Yeah, <laughs> which is good. And if you yep. want to keep your, if you want to have your, voice your, voice your opinion, but want to keep it maybe on a more private note, we also have an email account, so you can email us, nrlbulldogs.fans at gmail.com. Uh, one of us will get back to you, um, and you'll make the show. But also, don't forget, you can actually put an audio message in. Yeah, the totally, the totally opposite. You just talked about the most private way of doing it. Let's do it the yeah. most public way. <laughs> Be brave. Just come out on the show, because if you do it, um, and we get plenty of them, you actually might make an episode for us. Or <laughs> at least half an episode. That's um, right. If you want to talk for half an hour, we'll just play that one week. That's fine. <laughs> yeah, it gives us the week off. I'm kidding. I love making it. So get in touch with us either way. We'd love to hear your opinions. This is a podcast by the fans for the fans. So we want as much opinion on it as possible. By the Wilgers for the Wilgers. <laughs> um, so I'm pretty sure you won't be making next week's show if you're still alive. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm, not, I'm, I'm, I'm spiralling down the, the one train of thought here, aren't I? <laughs> yes, you are. Um, well, we might have to get a new... Uh, Panels for host. I don't know. We can talk about that later. Who's, who's well, well, we don't actually physically have a panel, so I think we're host. Um, <laughs> no, no one had to know that. Thank you very much. <laughs> and uh, we could be looking to get the panel into next year in our podcast, maybe. Yeah, maybe some investment over the off-season. We might have to get one of the other uh, social media admins of NRL Bulldogs fans on next week. Challenge is <laughs> set. So I... Um, Will she take the? Um, will she accept? I think she will actually. I think she might actually make her first appearance. Oh, well, we've got a few, so. Well, we've got a few, but I've got one. Of, I think one of mine will jump in, for sure. Um, let's see if we can jump in on a segment or even the whole show. Alrighty, I think we've we've rambled on a little bit, so. Who cares? Have a good one, guys. Yeah, take care. <laughs>